This show is brought to you in part by GoDaddy.com. Get $96 in free extras with your domain name from GoDaddy.com. Each domain name includes free hosting with a website builder, a free blog, complete email, and much more. Plus, as a listener of the World of Warcast podcast, enter code WARCAST, that's W-A-R-C-A-S-T, and save an additional $5 off any order of $30 or more. Some restrictions apply. See site for details. Get your piece of the internet at GoDaddy.com. Podcasting to all of Azeroth, this is World of Warcast. I am Renata. And I am Starman. And this is episode 63. Three. <laughs> yes, it is 63. I can count. Yay. Well, for me this week, that's something of an accomplishment. <laughs> it's, it's been a rough week. We actually are, are recording a day later than we'd intended because I just had a massive headache yesterday and couldn't face putting on headphones. So... We uh, this is this show will be delayed a little bit just because I wasn't feeling well. It's just as well because something happened in the game last night that I'll be talking about, and it's it's a good topic. Yep. So you know we got some good material out of it, so it's all worth it. It's all good. So this week, um, I, I think that I men- may have mentioned this on on a previous show that I have started another version of the reputation experiment on the horde side. And just to kind of run over that very quickly again, I decided I would do a spin on this. I am doing this on the Horde side, but I'm not just doing reputation. I intend to do at least an Azeroth every quest in the game. (laughs) When you told me this, I went, okay, sure. (laughs) No, it's an interesting experiment because I don't know if anybody has actually done every... Alliance or Horde quest? I don't know. I know that there's at least one guy out there who has done it or tried to do it. There are some problems with this. First of all, it's impossible to do every quest in the game, simply because there are some quest lines that are open Mm -hmm. to some races and are not open to others. Cooking... Um, or class, or, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I'm, my, my character that I'm doing with this is an orc rogue. I can't do the warlock quest, I can't do the the warrior quest, I can't do the shaman quest, etc. Uh, You can't do the undead quests, you can't do the the troll quests. Well, most of those I can do. Most of those I can do, but there are some quest lines that are cut out. Like, I can't do the blood elf 1 to 5 newbie zone. Because I'm not a blood elf. There's there's a quest line that takes you into... They asks you to get a book out of Scarlet Monastery, for example, that if I had an undead character, I couldn't do it. It's only mm-hmm. non-undead because the quest is to get a book that reveals the undead's secret agenda. Mm-hmm. So only non-undead can do this quest. So I, I can't do every single one of them. And I have a feeling that my resolve is going to give out once I hit, like, quests going into Anixia and 
molten core. And mm-hmm. Although when I mentioned it to to people in my guild, they're like, "Oh, we'll go into molten molten core. We've wanted to try five manning molten core." <laughs> so, <laughs> I've done so, that. So I might find <laughs> some people who would be willing to help me with this. Yeah. And well, I'll help you with it. Oh uh, yeah. So I you know I I don't think that I'll have a shortage of volunteers, but I don't know quite how. We'll see how long this lasts. Let's just put it that yeah. way. You think it might burn out on it? Very possibly. But I have to <laughs> say a few things about that. Number one, if I did not pick a rogue purposely other than I hadn't played a rogue in a while and I wanted to try it again. But I'll tell you, I could not have picked a better class for it. Hmm. Because since I'm doing all these quests and I'm, I'm dividing it into phases, phase one was all of the 1 to 10 newbie zones. Phase 2 was all of the 10 to 20 newbie zones. I'm currently at the end of phase 3, which is the sort of 20 to 30 zones. I did Mm -hmm. Stone Talon, Terran Mill, 1K Needles, and I haven't done the racetrack yet. That's the part that I haven't done. And, um, let's see, Stone Talon, one other. I'm I'm missing something here, but... um, And the the associated instances with it, which I'm getting, uh, Kryler's Warlock has been rushing me through. I I actually approve of rushing for this because it keeps the experience gain down a little bit. Mm -hmm. And you don't actually want to push the experience because it becomes harder to find the quests. Because once they gray out, they don't have that little yellow exclamation point. Is there a mod that tracks your... The quest you did? Yes, I have a mod called Quest History, and I, as of this this evening, I have compl- level thirty four. I've completed four hundred and eighty five quests. Wow! Now so, that that quest history will only work since the time you started using it, right? It, there's, no, I mean, I'm sure Blizzard has it, but there's no there's no in game history. No, there is not. Okay. But I, I was using, I've been using this right from the beginning with her. So I have a record of every quest that I've completed. Wow. Now, one of the reasons that I wanted to do this was is that I wanted to see and test my theory that with the Horde, it's much more difficult to get reputation, player reputation. And I'm definitely finding that that's true. At level 34, Four, I'm, I'm like one bubble from level 35, so I'm going to say that she's level 35 because for all intents and purposes, she is. She just mm-hmm. needs to turn in one quest, and she's di- and she's tilting 35. Um, she's by the time that my drain eye was 35, I was revered with two factions. I was revered with Darnassus and Stormwind, and I got that by a combination of doing the specific quests and also by doing sympathetic reputation quests. Whereas with her, I the highest reputation that I've got is is orc, and I've only got I'm only sixty five percent toward revered. Oh, fifty five percent in Thunder Bluff, forty percent under City, thirty percent Dark Spear, fifteen percent Silver Moon. I'm predicting that I will not be revered with my first faction until maybe level forty two or forty three. Wow, and that's past your mount. Yeah, so she'll just have to buy a wolf. Until she can buy the other ones. Mm-hmm. But um, I was really, really surprised at how far you can get level-wise just doing lobby quests. Because even when a quest grays out, 
you do still get some experience oh, sure. for it. You, mm -hmm. you get the full shot of reputation, but you still get some experience. When I exited phase one, which is the one to 10 newbie zones, I was level 17. Wow, really? Yes. And when I exited phase two, which was all those 10, like 10 to 18 newbie zones, which was the, mm -hmm. the Barrens, Ghost Lands, uh, and Silver Pine Forest, I was level 28. <laughs> So what that tells me is, you know, if you're having trouble leveling up an alt, go back and do some of those really low green quests or even gray quests because you mm -hmm. will still get quite a bit of experience for them. And you'll be able to blow through them very quickly. I find that by the time I, I end a phase where I'm, I what I will do is I will go, I will do one zone and then I will go and complete a second zone and then I'll go complete a third zone. I have completed... In phase three, I've completed Stone Town. I've completed Ashen Ashenvale. That's the one I missed. I completed all of Thunt of One K Needles except for the racetrack, and I'm almost completed with Terran Mill. By the time I got to Terran Mill, I was like level thirty-two or thirty-three, and I was able to pick up all the quests and do them in like three circuits. Wow! So I was able to do them very, very quickly. That's interesting. I'll, yeah. I'll talk about what I've been doing, but I've been having a similar situation in that. Right. So um, the reason I said that being a, a rogue is ideal for this is because it sort of feels like cheating sometimes. There's a lot of them that are like, you know, kill this one guy that's off way in the back of this cave. I just sneak by everything and go kill him. <laughs> because experience gain is, is not anything close to my primary goal. I don't care about killing all those ones between them and it. Mm -hmm. Whereas if your main goal is to get experience as quickly as possible, that might not be such a big deal. But I'm able to get a lot of quests done much more quickly because I picked a rogue to do this. So it's turned out to be it turned out to be a good choice, even though I cannot claim that that was my goal at the beginning. Right. I've heard people say that doing quests is a complete waste of time, and that the best way to level is is to just grind. No, and no, no, that, no. no. No, 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 no. It's it's because you can grind. Like, let's say you can kill 10 things, 10 mobs, 10 wolves. Let's say you have a quest to kill 10 wolves. Well, if you kill the 10 and you turn in a quest, you're going to get enough XP for, like, another 30 if you grind it. Well, I mean, say you got those 10 wolves, and if they're kind of a lowish green, you might be getting 150 experience each for killing them. Mm-hmm. And so you got 10 wolves, so... 10 times 15 is 100, that's 150, 150, or 10 times 150, that's 1,500 experience. Right. Well, you might get 2,500 experience for turning in that quest. So why not just, it's it's leaving it's leaving experience on the table. It's leaving experience, it's leaving money, it's leaving mm -hmm. stuff you can sell on the table. I mean, even if you don't, you're buying all your gear out of the auction house. Mm-hmm. You're just leaving so much on the table. And because that they changed the way experience is granted and really <laughs> upped the amount of experience you're getting for quests, I am doing absolutely no grinding whatsoever. None. And, yeah, me neither. And as I said, I'm getting in really, I'm way ahead of experience. I mean, I'm going to probably, by the end of finishing the racetrack, I'm probably going to be, I'm guessing, maybe level 37. And I'm just going to be entering zones like Stranglethorn mm -hmm. and Desolus and Arathi Highlands and Alteric Mountains. Okay. So, 
So I, I the one thing I haven't done is I have not gone back and, and really looked at the lists on places like Wowhead to see what ones I may have missed. Par partially because I've done these so many times with so many alts. I know where all the quests are pretty much. I'm not saying I haven't missed any. I think it's unlikely I've missed any, but I will go and check just to make okay. sure. So I have been posting updates to this on my blog. So anyone who's interested in the Orc Rogue Horde Completist Reputation Experiment 2, nice long-winded title there. Mm -hmm. uh, and I will say that my mod of the cast for this week is related to this experiment. My experiment, <laughs> I, you have said, and I have said that I will never start another character out of what? What, what was it? Uh, out of um, what was the word? I will never start another character out of frustration. I think ah. it was or something. We said that a couple of shows back, and I didn't start another character out of frustration. I started another character out of complete and utter boredom. <laughs> And the, which, by the way, the subject of boredom is going to be something we're going to be discussing later in the yes, show. Yes, yes, we are. And so, as I said, I started a, a warlock on a PvP server. And finally, actually, he started something other than a mage. Yeah. Yay. Or, or didn't finish my druid because yes. I, I would just rather gouge out my eyes than do that. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. So. I started this warlock, and I've actually been liking it. And as I said the last, I think it was the last time or, or before that, when I played the last warlock I had a long time ago, I just didn't like it. It was probably because I just didn't really understand the mechanics of them. So now that I understand it better, I've been having much more fun with them. The story that I want to tell happened last night when we weren't recording and I had some things to do around the house. So I decided that I was going to log into the game, turn in a couple of quests in Badlands and then log out. So I go and I turn in this one quest and it leads me to kill this fire guy in Angor Fortress. I don't remember his name. Captain Blazehead. I don't know, whatever. He's, he's <laughs> Some a big dwarven fire. name. No, he's a, well, he's a fire elemental. So, oh, I have okay. to, so I have to kill this guy. Okay. I figured it's early. I'll I'll do it. So I, I maneuver up to the, the front entrance. And, and I say maneuver because of my level, I'm 43 now. I didn't aggro a lot of the mobs that are like in their like high 30, mid to high 30s in the front. So I'm standing at the entrance, and there are two guards. And behind the two guards, there's an undead warrior. And I target him. He targets me. I do a slash no because I didn't want to fight him. I don't believe in fighting for the heck of fighting, at least most of the time. So he aggros one of the, um, one of the guards, and then I actually help him kill it. And then I just do a slash wave and a slash no. And he proceeds to try to kill me. Now I have to say that I, I do play on I play on the venture company also. One of the things that I have been consistently impressed with is for the most part <laughs> for the most part. For the most part, people <laughs> don't just attack other people about their own level willy nilly. It does happen once it in a does. while, but for the most most part, you dance, it's you wave, you you say no. And it's kind of like, you go your way, I'm going to go mine, and everything's great. Yeah, it's no boulder fist. 
So he tries to kill me, and, and I emphasize the word tries. He's and a warrior, right? He's a warrior, and I took him out. Oh, he was a level higher than me, by the way. So I took him out, left him for dead. He comes back. Now, I left him alone. I figured, all right, I'll let him res, and I'll just go, and I go into the fortress, and I'm starting to kill the um, the guards, and I'm working my way down to Dr. Fire Guy. And he comes back, and he's standing there in the doorway, and he tries to kill me while I'm killing these guards. I kill him again. So he was waiting for you to be tenderized by the guards before he attacked you. Right. So I kill him again. And so I'm working on the mobs again. And he tries to come back again. And I kill him again. We're up to three now. We're up to three now. <laughs> so at this point, the mobs in the front have respawned. And... At this point, I, I, I was either going go forward or go back. And he try, He comes back again. He tries to run away. I said, no, this is not happening. <laughs> he aggroes the guys in the front, the, the guards in the front that respawned. Mm-hmm. I just popped fear on him, a couple of, a couple of curses. And he, he died pretty close to the, uh, where the, uh, the mountain meets the where, the, where the side of the mountain meets the, uh, the dirt the ground Mm -hmm. so he dies around there and i said this is it this is stupid this is what number four now we're on Uh i camped him and i'm not the kind of person that camps somebody i was just like this guy's really pissing me off because all i wanted to do was log in do some quests and leave i I didn't want i wasn't looking for a fight but he wanted one and i gave him the opportunity not to Uh twice and and he decided that he because he was a level higher than me that he was going to keep trying to take me out. So he reses behind me, right? And I'm not stupid. I mean, just because my avatar is facing forward does not mean my camera is facing forward. <laughs> I took him out again. Well, that's one of the really cool parts about some of the warlock uh, abilities is that you don't need line of sight. No. Having played both a warrior and a warlock, I can tell you that a 44 warrior to a 43 warlock, the warlock, if they know even remotely what they're doing, is going to take out the warrior nearly well, every time. I'll get to why I know what I was doing after this. But the after that, that was time number five. Mm-hmm. I just sat there with my, with my horse, my mount, uh, my fire mare on mm-hmm. top of him, and I just sat there. And I, I, there was a part of me that I didn't like doing it, but I'm, I'm like, I got to teach this guy a lesson because I, I, if, if somebody kills you four times, don't try and do it again. Right. <laughs> just run away. It just, just go. So what I did was I waited there for about five minutes, maybe 10 minutes and nothing happened. So what I did was I ran away towards Lock Modan. And again, because my avatar was facing forward does not mean my camera is facing forward. So I had my avatar running on my mount, running away from him, but I had my camera pointed back in the other direction to see when he went out of um, uh, out of rendering range. Mm-hmm. So his body went out of rendering range. I immediately turned back, came back, went up on a hill. If you're familiar with Angor Fortress, there's a there's a hill over on the right hand side. I go up on the hill, 
And I wait there. Sure enough, two seconds later, he reses. I come down. This is this is my time. All right, he didn't come after me this time. I went after him. Boom, dead. <laughs> so now we're up to time number six. So I sat there again and waited. And what he what he tried to do this time, there are these three mobs that uh, that wander between Angor Fortress and the excavation site. Mm-hmm. He got in between me and them, rezzed, healed himself. He tried. It looked like he targeted me. He did, he wasn't running away. He was. I wasn't sure if he was coming after me this time or not. But I took him out again anyway. That was time number seven. <laughs> time number eight. <laughs> I didn't do what he did. Was he ran back? He rezzed again. Ran into the excavation site. Got killed. And spirit rest. Yeah, well, you know, the thing is is that in general, corpse camping is is not considered like to be it. good form. However, no, no, no. If you've ever played on a PvP server, it's not Don't come looking for def- a fight you can't finish. Exactly. If you're gonna be if you're going to go after someone and you and it's obvious, you know, you killed him what two or three times, and it wasn't even close. You know, you'd Four. think that the guy should get the. Well, for example, like on my way to. Well, this, I know you killed him a total of eight times, but. No, well, I, I killed him seven. He took himself out the eighth time. <laughs> but, but you know, there you, was you, a you... there was a hunter that tried to take me out, and I was running through Badlands, and she couldn't do anything to me. I'm on my horse. Like she shot me once or something. I ran away and that was the end of that. But on the way back, I tried taking her out and I screwed up. I did it backwards. I did it wrong. And she killed me. Okay. I, I just like picked myself up and, and just ran away. And that was the end of it. I was in, uh, Alderman. Uh, no, not. Yeah. Alderman. I was in Alderman, not the instance itself, but the little area in front. I'm collecting those little mushroom things. Yeah. And there was a rogue there who was a level higher than me. And we waved to each other, and, and he was there doing quests also. And we left, we left each other alone. Right. There, there is such a thing as, you know, just learn your lesson and go on. If yeah. he's, you know, frankly, I think that he earned it. Because if you're just going to keep harassing someone like that, and they're beating the hell out of you, don't expect if they, don't, don't get... Act all surprised if they decide. Okay, you want to you want to play that game? I'll play that yeah. game. And you yeah. know what? I'm going to win that game. <laughs> he um, took. It, me, uh, he tried to take me out one, two, three, four times, mm-hmm. five times, six times. You know, maybe maybe the sixth or the seventh. But at, at some point, you just got to say, "Dude, stop it!" Because yeah. I don't want to be there. I don't want to be sitting there doing nothing, twiddling my thumbs, waiting for him to res. Mm-hmm. But yeah. It's, That's what he asked for. Yeah, it's, I mean, he, he got what he earned, in my yeah. opinion. And that may seem strange to someone who hasn't played on a PvP server, but there mm-hmm. is there is sort of a bizarre etiquette of yeah. PvP servers. And one of them is that, you know, just, you know, like to, to quote the... The song, The Gambler, you've got to know when to hold them, know yeah. when to fold them, know when to walk away, know when to run. That really is the, the cornerstone of playing on a PvP server. That's true. And and that's that's what this guy couldn't do. He couldn't walk away or run. 
Yeah, right. I gotcha four or five times, dude. It's time to go away. Don't try it again because I'm just going to take you out again. Now, now I, I did ask you uh, when we were talking about this on AIM earlier today mm-hmm. whether or not he belonged to one of the KOS guilds. Oh, you know, um, I don't know. I took screenshots, and while we while we are talking, I will turn around and I will check. But um, let, I, do, let I don't explain, know. Let me yeah, explain. Let me explain to those look. who don't play on a PvP server what a KOS all guild is. There are some guilds out there that have they're like a KOS all horde or KOS all alliance guild, mm-hmm. and the rule of it is if you. You have to stay flagged all the time, even in zones where you normally aren't flagged like newbie zones. Mm -hmm. And if you see any person of the opposite faction, you are obligated to try to kill them. Even if you're level 2 and they're level 70. Go up and stab them with your little dagger. (laughs) So, I mean, it's just kind of funny, but, you know, I, I don't know if this would mean that the person would just keep attacking or whether they just try to, you know, they, they stab him with their little dagger once, get killed, and just say, okay, well, I made the attempt. Well, I'm wondering if he's one of those players that just says, well, you know what, this person is a level lower than me. I should be able to take this person out. Well, there's a guild on our server. I don't know if you've ever seen the name called Skill Not Gear. Yes, I've seen yeah. them. Skill Not Gear, dude, if you're out there listening, even though I'm not going to say what your name is. Skill Not Gear. That's that's the end of it. All right, I got this guy's name, so I'll I'll look it up and we'll, we'll skill discuss not. This I don't offline. think I don't think skill not gear is a KOS guild though. No, no, no. I'm not saying that the, this is not the guild that the person was in. I'm just oh, saying okay. that it's just the name of the guild. Oh, okay. I see. So I see. anyway, the reason yeah. why I was able to do so well is because at first the way that I play the game, even though I have a G15 keyboard, is that I start collecting icons on my on my um, action bar as I progress. At some point, you, you get to this point where you've collected a lot of them, and on a G15 keyboard, you just want to put them in places where they're easily accessible. So what I did, eh, I don't know, maybe about a week ago, was I assigned Alt-1, Alt-2, Alt-3, Alt-4, blah, blah, blah. All the way down to 18, I started using like colon and slash and everything with Alt keys. And then I assigned the Alt keys to the G keys. I know there are mods for this, but I don't like the mods. So I've been practicing on mobs what I would do in case I encountered a person. Mm-hmm. And I have G1, G2, G3, G4. Everything is in order about what I would normally do with uh, with a particular class or a particular uh, player. So the only one that I don't have right now is, uh, oddly enough, is fear. Fear is... <laughs> Fear is Alt-6, I I mean G6. The reason why I don't have it there is because I don't know if I really want to use my right hand or my left hand to do it. Because what I have now, I have a Logitech. Hold on. This is a MX-510 mouse. And for those of you that have the MX-510, you know that there are two thumb buttons on the side. My forward thumb button is for my Shadow Bolt and my... Uh, my back rear thumb button is for my pet to attack. Similarly, on my mage, one was firebolt and one was pyroblast. So I have 
I want to put fear on one of these buttons. I'm just not sure which one is going to be the best one. Oh, and, and ah. I got to put death coil on one of them also. So that's why I was a little shaky with it. But yeah, I've got I've, the I've got, I've got the MX Revolution mouse, mm-hmm. and that also has two thumb buttons on it. But I almost yeah. never use them. For those of you that maybe have an MX-510 or an MX-518 or a Revolution or something like that, think about using some of the keys for some of the more important uh, spells or, or macros. You can even assign you can assign a macro to a button by assigning uh, like an alt key or a control alt key to the macro, and then you assign the, the button to the, uh, to the keystroke. Mm-hmm. And you could do it that way, and it makes life a lot easier. So anyway, I would hit the guy, I would target the guy, and then I would go G1, G2, G3, G, I G12 as immolate. I'm going to move that. I know this is all technical and everything, but I'm, I'm trying to give an idea as to as to the the why it's better to use your G keys or or just function keys if you don't have a G15 keyboard than using your mouse. Because you've got travel time with the mouse. You don't know exactly where you're going. What if you're off a little bit? In a PvP situation, every millisecond counts. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that would be the end of it. I would stick my pe- so I'd be u- So I'd be using the G keys in my left hand. I'm using Shadow Bolt and setting my pet out with my right thumb. And moving around at the same time. So, Yeah. Practice, 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 practice. How do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice. Yep. How do you get to Molten Core? Practice. Well, how to get to Molten Core? Get five of your best friends who are seventies. <laughs> um. Anyway, the um. So they, I've I've been playing with some macros and such like that with my with my rogue. I've been finding that I don't pickpocket enough, so I've been using a macro. I just slash cast pickpocket slash mm-hmm. stop casting slash cast ambush rank whatever so any humanoid that i get i pickpocket him first and then i stab him in the back <laughs> fun stuff so um other than that though i, I have to say my, my paladin is level 68 and i did want to say a couple things about my paladin because mm-hmm. i've been getting several emails and pms and some posts on the board and such that have been telling me, and it has been some very good and very interesting posts that people have been saying, saying, what are you doing leveling re- leveling protection? You should be leveling retribution because you can solo much better. Mm-hmm. I want to clarify something. I don't solo with this character. Yeah. I never solo with her. She duos exclusively with Kryler, the rogue. So... Pa- Protection works out really, really well. And I also am, am getting permission, hopefully, to post a, uh, <laughs> a a video that was put together by one of the paladins in my guild about protection paladin farming <laughs> that I think will impress people in the ability of a protection paladin to AoE farm. I was impressed with the music choice. Yes, the music choice was excellent. For those of you Hope- that watch Benny Hill. Yes, it was the Benny Hill music. And just <laughs> seeing, rounding up tons and tons and tons of mobs and seeing all those scrolling numbers fly up into the air. So, yes, I, I do realize that Retribution is a much better soloing spec, but my paladin doesn't solo. 
So for my purposes, protection works out really well. Mm. Because the one thing that rogues do not deal with very well or as well as some other classes, they, they have more ability to deal with them in later levels, I am told, is groups. And that is one area where my protection paladin does very, very well. Okay. So it works well for us. So, yeah, I... I <laughs> yes. It was a lot of... The other thing I did last week, which I think I should mention, is I got roped into very quick I, I mean roped into in, in the kindest sense because I really did enjoy it I did a guest spot on the analog hole gaming podcast who does that show who does that show Christy Mike and Chris who was not available which is why they had actually had another guy lined up to guest host that week but he got strep throat oh and so about an hour before, I get this aim from Christy saying, oh, Miss Wren. And <laughs> an hour later, I was guest hosting on Analog Hole. So if anyone is interested in listening to it, if you haven't, um, <laughs> it is explicit. Caution. Caution. Um, if you are easily offended, it's probably not a good cast to listen to. But um, AnalogHoleGaming.com, and it's also on iTunes under Analog Hole. And um, I do add slightly to the explicit rating, so slightly. be warned. Slightly, I really didn't. I really did not swear that much, but you know, when in Rome, <laughs> you know, you I got to. So it was, it was, a, it was kind of funny because I really wasn't that super prepared for it. So it was kind of fun just to do something completely off the cuff with no planning. For those of you that really feel the need to hear Ren swear. Yes. There you go. Episode ninety. I never understood that because people on the on the Buzz Out Loud chat room are always like up in arms about like like Tom, Molly, or Jason swearing. I'm like, who cares? Who we cares? don't do it. We don't do it here because we don't want an explicit rating, and we want no. you know people to be able to listen to this wherever they want without feeling embarrassed, right? Um, or having to worry about his little Johnny listening. Mm-hmm. But I. Certainly, you know, this may come as a shock to people, but I, I do swear in real life, not... And now, you see, here's... I'm going to reveal my theory about swearing. I call it the John Cleese effect. <laughs> John Cleese of Monty Python fame does not swear very often. So when he does, it has a real comedic impact. So I, I generally do not swear very often, but when I do, I can often get my, my guildmates rolling in the aisles. So, it's, I don't said, care how runny it is. <laughs> yes, yes. I don't care how runny it is. Hand it over with due speed. I'm not even going to attempt to do a British accent. Okay. Alpha leaks. Yeah, well, there, there have been quite a few uh, alpha leaks from their friends and family <laughs> program. Yeah, what this means is that those of those people that are on the friends and family list, which is very private, have been taking some of the binary data, including the application itself, the executable file, and putting it up on several websites. Mm -hmm. Now, admittedly, I posted a link to the WoW beta wiki, the alpha wiki, which I'm now considering removing just out of respect for Blizzard. But I think that wiki might be gone anyway. 
Yeah. Uh, Blizzard wasn't real happy about these leaks. No. And, and I don't want to add to it. You know, we've had some people who've offered to post links to the... There's apparently there's a Wrath of the Lich King emulator and some other stuff that's out there. Yeah, we don't want that. No, we're not going to post any of that information. We don't, we don't do that sort of thing. So we're, we're not going to be... And anybody who does that, those posts are going to be taken out. You're not going to get banned, but you're, you know, we're not going to be real happy with you. So please do not post anything about Alpha on our boards. If you're curious, there are plenty of other sites that are willing to post that stuff, I'm sure. So you can go look there, but we're not going to, we're not going to add to the Alpha leakage. Right. Now, you wanted to mention something about the class roundtable discussions that we've been having. Yeah, we've been getting a lot of comments about the class roundtables, and we've been getting a lot of good comments. We've also been getting some criticisms because, you know, we get people who are saying, well, why don't you cover more about high-end rating stuff? Why don't you cover more about PvP? Why don't you, you know, you didn't cover anything about newbie stuff. Well, I want to make a clarification here about what the class roundtables are and what they aren't. First of all, remember that we're talking about something that's only like 45 minutes to an hour and a half mm-hmm. in that range. Classes are too complicated. <laughs> classes could take weeks to discuss. Cla- if we were going to cover everything that cla- about a class, um, from the lobby stuff to middle you know, to the leveling them up to PvP, high-end rating, instancing, roles and raids... Um, which how to solo, how to farm, what races to use, what, what gear to use, what pets to use. What, if we were going to cover everything, it would have to be a multi-part series for each class. Mm-hmm. The purpose and the vision as such of the class roundtables was to get together a few experienced players just to get together and kind of rap about the class, what they think is important, what they think is interesting to talk about. It is not meant to be an extensive coverage of everything having to do with that class. If we happen to get people at that class roundtable who are high-end raiders, we'll probably talk some about high-end rating. If we get PvPers, we'll probably talk about PvPing. Um, We may talk a little bit about newbie stuff, but we can't talk about everything. So, you know, don't be disappointed if your pet (laughs) area is not covered. Yeah, it. You can think of it as a primer. Mm-hmm. You can think of it as as just something to get people started. Maybe, maybe I mean, there are a lot of people that said, "Oh, there are some things about the class that I didn't know." You know, thank you for saying that. So we're not. This is one thing we found in doing the show for three years is that we can't make everybody happy. Right. Maybe and- it was our fault for not explaining a little bit more about what the class run tables were going to be. But as Ren said, like, for example, when we're going to do the mage one next. Yeah. We've, I mean, I have had sessions in my rating guild where we would sit there for hours just discussing theory crafting. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we can, you can't turn that into a podcast. You could try, but you can't, you can't whittle, you can't whittle like mages down to an hour. It's it's not impossible everything. to do. No, not everything. You, you it would just take forever. And theory crafting alone, PvP versus PvE versus arcane versus fire versus frost, and you know just all these things. Mm. And you know, and the thing is, is that what I'm looking for is I'll take someone who is an interesting speaker 
over someone who is, might be very knowledgeable but can't express themselves because this is a podcast. Yeah. So we've got to, you know, and and as I said on the boards when people were saying, well, I wish you'd had a boomkin on the Druid segment well, we, or I wish you'd talked more about Beast Mastery on the Hunter segment. Um, we um, we can't, you know, there's there are there are serious scheduling issues with the with the class roundtable. You know, try getting five or I usually have like five or six people in mind for a for a class roundtable, mm-hmm. and can usually and usually have one or two people that I really think are sort of the key people, and then I've just got to try to fit the other people into it. And it's not always very, it's not always particularly easy. I do, we're doing the best we can to come up with an interesting variety of people and perspectives that we can, so we can talk about the the most things, but we are talking about a short format. So this is, as I said, it's a. We'll learn from it. Maybe we'll do something. Maybe we'll expand it someday. We don't know, but, but we're learning from this. Right. And actually some people have had some really good suggestions that after the class round tables, we do roll round tables, like the tank round table, or the off tank round table, or see that. the oh, healer round idea. table. I think that that's a great idea. And yeah. that's something that after the class round tables, I'm going to seriously look at is doing, instead of doing class round tables, now let's do roll round tables and talk about group roles and raid roles. I did see that. That's right. The email. Yes, yep. and I th- okay. I thought that was a superior suggestion, and definitely something we're going to look into. Oh. So I mean, we are going to be expanding on this, but think of this just as the intros. These are the the class intros, and you know, get piquing people's interest about a class. Mm-hmm. Don't think of this as the guide. Think of this as. Um, a way of getting people interested in a particular class. We did have a lot of people saying, you know, I haven't played my Druid in a long time. Maybe I'll play it again. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, Not wow, right. I forgot how much I had fun I had playing my Hunter. That's what we're after. Yeah. yeah. That's the key. There was a uh, a release from Blizzard about an exploit in Flash. Yes. I'm not going to go into the nitty-gritty details of the whole thing, but essentially it works the same way some other ones do. You get an overflow, you're, you... There's a way to inject executable code where executable code should not be, mm-hmm. and then you can execute it. So, very simply put, update Flash. Right. The other thing that you can do is, since this is, I mean, this is the first time this has happened to Flash, but it's certainly yeah. not the first time that they've put executables into other types of files. One thing I would definitely recommend is anybody out there, any listener out there who is not converted to the Firefox browser should do Mm. so. And also get an add-on for Firefox called NoScript. NoScript pretty much prevents any unauthorized script Mm -hmm. from running out of your browser. And that will pretty much stop any of those sorts of attacks that are delivered through those kinds of systems. I downloaded the update for my Mac. Uh, this is one of those instances is like Java. I'm not quite sure if this affects the Mac or not. I don't think so. I think this is another case of X386, I386 binary code. So I, th- I believe Macs are completely safe in this. I don't think this is like Java where you can execute it. And even Java itself is pretty much protected. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I think Mac users are, as always, okay. 
but I downloaded the update anyway, and I will be applying it as soon as I uh, finish up here. Yeah, we're not sure it doesn't affect Macs, so yeah, you're better off going out to update. Yeah. Logitech updated their G15 keyboard, and they took out 16 keys, 13, 13 keys. Actually, they re- I can't count today. <laughs> they redesigned it a while ago, apparently. We, on- we only really became aware of this for two things. Number one, one of the, one of the people in my guild, uh, Sanessa, had a G15 keyboard, which apparently died recently. And mm-hmm. so she, had to, she went out and she got another one. And she was complaining about the screen not looking the same. And I'd been thinking about getting a G15 keyboard for a while, so I went out and looked, and I said, you know, she's absolutely right. In the older style G15 keyboard, it has a little LCD screen on the middle of it, which you can apparently program to show various things, mm-hmm. like, you know, in different types of games, it'll show different things. But one of the things that I really wanted it for is I am terrible listening to voices and being able to connect them to a person unless they've got a very, very distinctive voice. Hello. And there's been a lot of new people coming into our server our event server recently, I don't know who the heck is talking. So one of the things that the G15 keyboard will do is it will show who's talking in vent on this little screen. And to Mm -hmm. me, that's worth the entire price of the keyboard. But apparently in the old version, it had, it was a fairly large screen that you could tip up and down in the new one. It's a fixed screen and it's a lot smaller. Uh, Is it It, smaller? Yeah. Thanks. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love my G15. And Sinessa said that she was she really didn't like that screen, but the big change was is they is how many G keys does yours have? Mine has eighteen. The new one has six. Yeah. And they're they're uh, positioned along the side, so it's two, two, and two. There's like two, and then a space, and then two, and then a space, and then two. Whereas on the G15 that I have, it's six uh, three groups of six so it's mm-hmm. six and then a space and then six and then, so the the groups of six are three across by two down so it's mm-hmm. six space six space six and like i said you can you can program so much into this i can't see lot i have a lot of respect for logitech because they have come out with some of the just most amazing stuff and i i just don't understand why they took out 12 keys Maybe now, people now you said that people were complaining that it's too big on their desk. Yeah, it's too wide. Well, it's and not on the, my desk. <laughs> well, you have to understand it, it wouldn't be on my desk now either, but until I moved and bought new office furniture, yeah, I had two machines sitting side by side on a 48-inch desk. Yeah. So I I figured my keyboard couldn't be any wider than I I don't even remember how I think it was 22 inches to um to be on the desk and the G15 was right out it's too mm-hmm. big. So they may have done it because of that but I'll tell you judging from the Logitech boards a lot of people are really unhappy about this redesign. Yeah, so Logitech if you're listening uh please go back to the original design or something. <laughs> Well, Make what it a G15 I did G15 gamer board something do something. <laughs> I um I did buy a G15 keyboard. I don't have it yet, but I bought it off eBay. And there are people who are selling it on eBay, the old version on eBay. Mm-hmm. So, if you are looking for the older version of the G15, when I found out about this, I I typed Starman and, and Ames saying 
Um, you may not be aware of this, but you may want to go buy a, uh, a backup for your... I know how much you love your G15. You may want to go buy a backup on eBay. So um, if you're addicted to that old style G15 keyboard, um, you might want to go find a, a backup before they're all yeah. gone. One of the reasons why I started this Warlock is because I'm bored out of my skull. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about game fatigue and yes. are people suffering from it? It seems to me that people are just suffering from game fatigue. They're bored. They, they've played their 70s to the extent that they can, minus maybe some raiding in Black Temple and Hygel or something like that. But with a an expansion on the horizon, are people taking a break? Is that what you see? Well, I see. I'm seeing a lot of different things, and I think what this what this all boils down to is not so much. Well, I, I think what it boils down to is that Blizzard does a really good did a really really good job with the Burning Crusade. A lot of great things to say about the Burning Crusade. Yep. But. If you're going to take two years between expansions, it wasn't enough. Yeah, you know, I I agree with you to a point because I mean, look at some of the some of the servers that are just getting or or have just gotten to Black Temple and and Hygel in the last four months. Mm-hmm. That that's their fault. You can't you can't hold back an entire community of gamers because there are a couple of slow servers. But at the same time, I pretty much could have done all this if I only had one character. I mean, I more or less do. I mean, I have three, four now, five. But, I mean, could this have been done nine months ago, this expansion? Well, I, I mean, is I, it because Blizzard's not ready, or is, are they timing this this way? On the one hand, I mean, we both came from EverQuest. Mm. And yes, we're going to talk about EverQuest again, because I think it's it's very relevant to what we're we're discussing now with game fatigue. I mean, you played EverQuest for five years. Mm-hmm. I played it for four. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about a game that's going to hold you over multiple years, mm-hmm. you're you're going to inevitably run into periods of burnout. I went mm-hmm. through this a few months ago, where I just didn't feel like playing the game. That's where I was a few months ago until I got the idea to play Warlock. Yeah, and part of it is simply because there's very little in this world that holds, you know, in the in the terms of entertainment, which is going to hold your attention indefinitely. Yeah, it's true. Any think about any hobby or pursuit that you do. Um, you know, I, I find that I have to take breaks from knitting for a while because I just don't feel like knitting. Mm-hmm. Or I take breaks from doing genealogy. And, you know, most of the time, well, I take those during the winter because I can't travel. So it kind of works out. But I think there's more to it than that with game the game fatigue that I'm seeing in World of Warcraft right now. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying, you know, oh... Blizzard's abandoned its its player base or anything like that. But going back to EverQuest, EverQuest put out an expansion about once a year. Mm-hmm. Massive expansions, and and not just the land too, but they had like instances and dungeons and things. Yeah, dungeons. I would say that the size and scope 
of most EverQuest expansions were about the same as the size and scope of the Burning Crusade. Oh, sure. Look at Kunark. Mm-hmm. Look at Velius. They added races. They, you know, sometimes they added a new race. Sometimes they added a new class. They would add things to professions. They would add land masses. They would add dungeons. They would add bunches of new quests. They would expand uh, alternative advancement, which was sort of their version of talent trees. The level cap would go up. There'd be mm-hmm. new spells. There'd be new gear. There'd be new ways of getting gear. Does this all sound kind of familiar here? Yeah. Um, but they were coming out with these about once a year. So, you know, when you're in the game, you would be just starting to kind of hit the last quarter of mm-hmm. the of the stuff in the first expansion. And then the second expansion would come out. So there would be a nice little overlap there where you'd be kind of finishing things up in the old expansion about the time the new expansion hit. And then you could kind of move seamlessly into the other one. Mm-hmm. Which I've done. And I think, but there was a price to pay for that. Would you say it's fair to to characterize EverQuest expansions as not being entirely polished? Uh, you know, it's yes and no. I mean, for example, let's take, well, Kunark I didn't spend a lot of time in, but Velius was my first real expansion where I was able to just dive into it the day that it came out. So everybody takes the boat to Velius, and everybody's all over Velius. It's just everybody's loving Velius. And I just remember it being good. It wasn't until, I want to say Lucklin was really the first one that was botched. It was Lucklin. It was Lucklin was the first botched one. And that was it, that was the expansion before Planes of Power. So so Lucklin had some problems. It had some Some problems. <laughs> <laughs> Lucklin the server wasn't right for two weeks. No, it wasn't. It no. was it was so screwed up. Yeah. Um it was it was so poorly implemented that it was unplayable like for 3 or 4 days and then it was only partially playable for about 2 weeks. Mm-hmm. It was there were so many things that were broken, so many things they had to fix, kept going down for maintenance cycles. It was it was really an awful awful expansion. Yep. And so the point that we're making here is should Blizzard maybe come out with an expansion sooner. Right. It's, and we're not we're not saying that they should or shouldn't. It's it's more of a debate question. Yeah, it's you know, I, I don't I can't say, you know, from a technical standpoint what is or is not possible given their this is just a this is just a theoretical question. I have to applaud Blizzard for the fact that mm-hmm. When they come out with it, when they came out with the Burning Crusade, I mean, yeah, there was problems of everyone, you know, everyone and their brother was all trying to go after the same pig in Hellfire Peninsula. <laughs> but the, it was pretty solid. There were really oh, not that many problems. I mean, there were some problems with third-party mods and everything like that. Yeah, but you're going to get that. that. But, but the game itself, the server was solid. I don't even think it, it rebooted that night. No, it didn't. Well, no, it did crash right after um, everyone hit the portal at the same time. But, yeah, I mean, that's a server pretty... overload problem, and, and that's not the fault of the expansion. It was either Whisperwind or Boulderfist, because I was, I was... It was Whisperwind, it was believe Whisperwind. me. Okay. So, um, like, like I said, we are just saying that 
maybe it's a suggestion. Maybe maybe they can come out with something a little sooner. Um, could this affect their bottom line? I don't know. Well, they. It's not so much that they necessarily need to come out with it sooner, but if they're they, I don't believe that they've they created enough content in the Burning Crusade to last for two years. Mm. I will say that because if I was just playing my mage, my original alliance rating mage, and I had nothing else, I probably would not be playing for the last six months. I know a lot of people now. As I think that I have an advantage as an altaholic. I can always find yeah. something else to work on or something else to do. I am I am pretty easy to deal with in that regard. I'll go off and run the same content again, no problem. But I I think of friends of mine, like Christy only has one character, really. She has mm-hmm. one other alt, but she rarely plays. She she focuses almost exclusively on her mage. People like that are the ones who are really having problems because they kind of run out of things to do. And part of it is you know, you can say, well, you know, there's always, unless you're like one of the top, you know, guilds rated worldwide that have conquered all the content already, there's always something else to do. But the mm-hmm. problem is, is the way that it's constructed right now is you can't do that stuff by yourself. You have to have, excuse me, you have to have the cooperation of a large group of people. Mm-hmm. So people are going to hit hit the wall as such at different rates depending on their exact social situation. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm afraid of with with Northrend is I know that I'm going to be 80 within a month, if not less, Mm -hmm. because that's just how I am. You know how I am. I just I run as fast as I can until I'm finished. Mm -hmm. And then what? Then you've got the five-man instances, and then you have the 10-man instances. And let's say I decide not to raid this time around. Mm-hmm. Then what? Well, you can. I think that that's what the ten man instances are for, are mm-hmm. for the people who are not doing the hardcore rating. And I think that is. I think that was a step in the right direction to give people a chance to be able to see some of that content without having to commit. Because I mean, let's review what you need to have for a twenty five man instance. Mm-hmm. To run a twenty five man instance regularly, you have to have conservatively 30 to 35 people conservatively who are going to run. I'm I'm just talking about rating on a given night. I'm not talking about because I can tell you with a 10 man group, we ran uh, Kara every week, uh, twice a week for months on end early on. And we rarely had, we had the core 10 people, but we were almost always short one. Because mm-hmm. someone had something else to do, someone had gotten spouse aggro, someone had, <laughs> um, you know, their kids' uh, nose flute contest. You know, it was, it, there's always something going on. Their cable was down, their computer wasn't working. So, you to have a stable 25-man group, first of all, you got to have like 30 to 35 people to pull from. Right. You have to have 30 to 35 people to pull from who are all available on that Mm-hmm. regularly who will start and stop at the same time mm-hmm. who won't leave early well you know and that's that's always been a problem for me because um i am very fussy about my sleep schedule mm-hmm. and i you know generally the, i will raid between 
8 o'clock Eastern Standard, and 10.30 on weekdays and 11 o'clock on weekends. Because if I don't get pretty regular sleep at regular hours, I get migraines. Mm. And that's not good. Migraines will knock me out for two days. And I'm not doing that for a raid. So, and I realize that's my problem. The problem is, is that most people want to go to midnight. So, and that's not fair to them to say, well, I'm, I'll be there, but I'll only be there to 1030. So I feel kind of bad about that. And people have been very understanding, but it's still something to work around. So you, you have to have people, you know, these 30 to 35 people who are all on the same schedule, who are also geared appropriately mm -hmm. for that. And willing to do the work to get the consumables they need, the flasks, the, the potions, the whatever else that they need. When you think about that, that's kind of a tall order. Mm -hmm. It is. And, and that's why I'm amazed sometimes why these things work. <laughs> and to get to the, you know, and, and to get to the highest levels, you know, the, the, the end of Sunwell Plateau, the end of Hyjal. You've got to have these people who are willing to fit all of these categories that are willing to do this multiple days a week. Mm -hmm. And they're willing to put in the time, the effort, the attention, the research to doing these fights over and over and over again. So my point on this is that people are going to hit walls at different times. There's some people who are never going to get beyond Kara. Simply be, or they might dip their toes into ZA because they're never going to get the 25 people together even to go do Gruel and Magtheridon. Mm -hmm. You're going to have other people who are in groups that they can go to Gruel and Magtheridon and maybe dip their toes into uh, Black Temple or dip their toes into Serpent Shrine, but are never going to be able to even finish those. You have other people who the wall may be the beginning. You know, my, my point is, is that, you know, just depending on the person's circumstances, the time they can put into it. Mm -hmm. So the problem is, is that I'm seeing a lot of people hitting their walls. Yeah. I do too. And, you know, this is, this isn't just a problem. I know we've had, we've had some problems with it. We're getting, I'm hearing not just in our guild, but in a lot of guilds problems getting enough people to go into mm -hmm. 25 minute yeah. instances right now i'm seeing that too and i i think that there's there's two things to it part of it is that i think a, a, a huge part of it is is this holding pattern i think we saw this six months before we got into the burning crusade mm -hmm. where people are just going well you know why why am i Busting my butt. <laughs> yeah, because there's going to be a gear reset. That's why I'm doing that. That's why I'm just sitting around waiting for things to happen. That's why I'm not raiding like I used to because it's – I don't want to say it's a waste of time. It's fun. Having a challenge is fun for me. I really enjoy having a challenge. But at the same time, I just keep thinking, look at all the free time that I've got now. <laughs> Look at all the time that I have to myself where I can do things. And, of course, uh, yeah, you could have thought of that before. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but the mindset that I had back then was that this is what I really want to do. Mm -hmm. And now that I've done it for – what is it now? Well, rating since EQ1, I would say I started rating mm – -hmm. 
Nine so years. To, uh, no, no, I started playing nine years ago, but I'm just saying like rating itself may have been like seven, mm-hmm. six or seven years ago. Uh, maybe I'll take a break until mm-hmm. the next expansion comes out, and then I'll decide whether or not I'm going to go for the 25-man. I might not. I don't know. Well, my thing is I really love 10-mans. I, yeah. I enjoy... There isn't quite as much coordination. They tend to be more casual. You know, you can kind of hang out with the people you really want to hang out with and not have to take on people just to fill on bodies. Not that we, re- not that I do that now. That was really more of a problem earlier in my WoW career. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the, the thing about, oh, God, that person's coming and I don't really want, you know. Of course, you don't say anything. Yeah, I had but problems like that, that was, a long time ago. Oh, that was really a problem when I was in EverQuest. Not, because, not my rating guild, but in WoW, but the the guild that I was in before then. Yeah, and um, it was really a big problem in EverQuest. Mm-hmm. But, you know, EverQuest raids could be 72 people, which mm-hmm. still blows my mind that we were doing raids with 72 people, no <laughs> vent and no team speak. Yeah. Hours of writing macros. I, I led some of those raids. It's not fun. So we're just going to have to see how things go when the game comes out. I'm right. still shooting for November 12th. Oh, no, no. <laughs> you're, you're way too optimistic. I am still saying, officially I'm saying December 12th. Unofficially I'm saying first quarter of 2009. Yeah. But I, I tickets are still not on sale. Yeah, I know. But I think that there are some things that people can do when they're faced with game fatigue. The first one is is don't force it. You don't feel like yeah, playing the game. That's true. Don't. Don't. Um, play something else. Um, you know, give Age of Conan a try if you've got an incredibly wonderful machine. Because the <laughs> requirements... I've, I've been told by people that if you don't have the recommended configuration the um the game is pretty much unplayable graphically gorgeous but mm-hmm. you need a pretty hefty machine don't pay attention to the minimum requirements because it doesn't doesn't work can you tell me that the quests in there were very linear yeah a lot of people have said they're very linear they the quests are kind of boring um but the the combat system is very interesting if you like a more active combat system it might be worth a try uh, i don't know if i'm going to try it well I think there is some use to trying a different MMO once in a while. There is, but that's why I play like Guild Wars and EQ2. I mean, I could play something else. <laughs> frankly, but... frankly, going back to EverQuest 1 and EverQuest 2 a little bit, mostly just made me appreciate WoW more. Not that those aren't good games, but there are some very frustrating elements to There, them, There but... are. There are some superior elements to EQ2, not mm-hmm. EQ1. Not a huge one. <laughs> but but um, there are definitely, you see the difference between WoW and everything else and, and how, <clears throat> you know, the, the graphics system in WoW was great in 2004 and it's still holding up as far as the engine goes. But I, 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 there's part of me that still thinks that the, it could be improved a little bit. The start- interface is clunky beyond belief. Oh, e- oh and WoW? In EQ1. Yeah. Oh, EQ1. No, I'm talking yeah. about... Wow. Oh, okay. I'm talking about WoW's graphics engine. I think it's starting to get a little old. Yeah, they may have to do something to it. But I actually prefer the cartoony. Um, it, no, I, the, I the cartoony a... look is good because it, it doesn't require so many uh, resources. No, no, I no, mean, the... again, even if you aren't interested <laughs> in playing, just look at the system requirements for well, Age of Conan. No, no, no. It's, I'm not talking amazing. about the style. I'm not talking about the art style of, of WoW. They can keep the style. I'm just saying that... 
you're, I'm starting to note, and maybe it's because I've been looking at the same things for four years, but I'm starting to see that this could be improved and maybe they could have um, larger textures or maybe more polygons. Or yeah. You can still keep the look. You can still keep the, the quote-unquote cartoony, cartoony look, which I know people don't like that, but the oh, I art do. style. Yeah. I like because I like the art style of WoW. I really do. Except the orcs don't have enough hair choices that involve <laughs> hair. Give the orc females more hairstyles. Um, less bald. Um, but the uh, as I said, just just go look at the, the graphics requirements. Yeah. It's, it's 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 quite a trip. Um, yeah, they, I agree. Some of the textures are kind of fractally, and it's it's just not. It's it's it is showing its age a little bit, but hopefully they'll just they'll do an in-game revamp of that. Um, I mean, another thing, you know, is is it go try playing something else? If anything, it may you know you may find something you like better. It'll probably it'll may as it does for me give me a greater appreciation for for WoW. Yeah, and go what play a Guild great Wars. game! It's free. No, really. I mean, it's, yeah. it's not a bad game. It's 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 different than WoW, but at least you just you buy the game and then you don't have to pay a monthly fee. Yeah. So if you want to try something else, you know, try EverQuest get... too. Download the download the trial. Try Age of Conan. Try um, Lord of the Rings Online. Yeah, you know the the thing is, this is supposed to be fun. So if you don't really feel like playing, don't force it. Um, I think the other thing that you see, however, is not just. You do see, I think most of this is game fatigue, but a little bit of this is just heading into summer. There's always a little bit of lull oh, yeah. heading into summer when people want to be outside. And, you know, I'm certainly going to be spending a lot of my time this summer outside working on my landscaping, you know, that sort of thing. But um, some other things you can do is, you know, try a different class. Even if you're, you're mm. not a person who normally play alts, give it a try. Try something Try something completely different and, the and see what you think. World of Warcast Challenge. Get, yes. Get another character to level 20 in a class that you've never played before. That you've never played before. That's a great idea. Give it a shot. A, a class that... And if, you've never, and if you've played every single class, go play it on the other side. And then if you've played it on the other side, do it on a PvP server. Or with the, other, different or the race. other way around. Yeah, with a different Something. Race. But do something you've never done before. Yeah, go play on a PV- go play on an RP server. Uh, you know, Venture Company really has absolutely no role playing at all. Zero. No, it's really just more polite. I could argue that point. <laughs> a little, as compared to Boulderfist. As compared to Boulderfist, yes, but um, it's it's got its. It's got its issues. Every, every, every server, every has, its server has its but issues. The, but remember on the on, on Taverncast when um, they used to talk about role-playing servers and how you have to put like out-of-game out things in parentheses and all that stuff. None of that. I mean, people talk about sports and what's on TV and don't spoil Lost and, and those mm-hmm. sorts of things. They're talking about that in general in Trade Chat all the time. There's, there are absolutely no rules on the venture company. And then you see some of the names. Like if you read the rules that Blizzard lays down for naming your tune, mm-hmm. well, there are just blatant problems with those. Oh, yeah. I don't report, I don't report any of them. I, I just no, I leave I don't it alone. I report those was... sorts of names, but you know, there are some other names that I report. Um. <laughs> The uh, the other thing you that I find has been doing more for my personal morale 
is designing stupid experiments. I have a character right now who is level almost level 35 and I'm not paying any attention to what level she is. Yeah. The I'm paying attention to doing every quest and I am paying attention to reputation. And sometimes I ding and I'm going, "Oh, was I that close? I really <laughs> I I mean I really am not paying attention to leveling." I do. And because I need well, new spells. Normally I do. <laughs> but because that's not why this character is in existence. This character is in existence to do all the quests and work on player reputation. How many cross-faction mounts can you get? Mm-hmm. Those kinds of stupid experiments where you're focusing on something non-traditional, I find to be a lot of fun. And it really adds a totally different dimension to playing. You know, it, it, it change, you know, when you're so focused on get leveled up, get leveled up, get leveled up, I find it much more of a grind. I, I, I've been finding this experience rather liberating, not caring about what level she is. Now, yeah. I have to admit that now that I'm getting into the stretch to 40, I do want them out. But it's not that burning that I'm going to be changing my tactics. So sometimes just decide taking a totally different focus on the game and doing something completely new and different can get mm-hmm. you out of... Game funk. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you may you may just be at the point where you're totally frustrated. You've hit your wall. You don't know what else to do. Um, until the expansion comes out. I mean, you've, you've pretty much either got to invent your own fun <laughs> or decide to get new shoes for a while. Yeah. But you and may it may be that... Even just taking a couple weeks off, maybe, maybe with maybe the way to go. Do things outside. Go outside. Go, go outside. to a rent fair. Go to a rent fair. There you yes. go. Go outside and play. <laughs> Get some exercise. Lose some weight. So, so anyway, um, I yes. have a mod of the cast, and you have a mod of the cast. Yes, you go first. Okay, well, because this sort of goes on my mad scientist experiment thing. My mod of the cast is called Reputation Monitor, and how I wish I had found this when I was doing the original Alliance Reputation Experiment, because this is a great mod if you're grinding any reputation and you want to keep track of it on the fly. Mm-hmm. It does a couple of different things. Um, one of them is that you can have a little display where any reputation you have... You can put up a little display on your screen anywhere you want to, and you can scale it and drag it around and such. Uh, that will display the bar for any any and all reputations that you want. So right now, I have it set up to show all five of the racial reputations. And it shows on the bar what your reputation level is and what the what the number of that level is. Like right mm-hmm. now, I'm revered and everything, so it's showing like... Uh, 6,324 out of 21,000. Yeah. And if you can also set it up to, to show other things as you can change the display to make it show a number of other things, including things like how many points you have left to the top of that reputation level, how many points you've gained this session in this reputation. 
Um, and there's a couple of other different ways that you can display it. The other thing this will do, and this is what's really cool if you're, if you're one of those people, and I've been hearing back from a lot of people who've been replicating the alliance side reputation experiment and working reputation for their, for their characters to get all the mounts is that it will display when you when you do a quest and it gives you you know like 150 undercity rep your chat will not only show the 150 undercity rep it'll show you how many points exactly you got in sympathetic reputation for all oh, the cool. other factions so a hundred you get a quest say 250 uc rep it will show dark spirit plus 63 orgrim heart plus 63 silver moon plus 63 Thunderbluff plus 63, hmm. and it will show you how many points you now have left on that faction to get to the top of, of whatever level you're at. Oh, cool. Um, I also like the thing that it, sh it shows you how much you're getting, per how much you've gained per session, so you can kind of gauge how you've been doing this particular one. So you can, you can set it up for player reputations if you're on Outlands and you're working Scenarian Faction and you don't want to have to be going back and forth or you're trying to keep track of two or three. It's a very handy rep mod to have and it's really cool that it actually shows you what other reputations that you're getting because the racial reputations give sympathetic reputation, the Goblin Factions give sympathetic reputation for each other. And so you'll not only be seeing what you're getting, you'll also be seeing all the hidden reputation you're getting. Nice. Very, very cool. Small footprint seems really stable. Ace mod? Um, no, actually it isn't. It's Aww. one of the few ace mods. It's one of the few non-ace mods that I write. Okay. But it's been really, really fun for this for this uh, experiment <laughs> that I'm doing with the Orc Rogue. The mod of the cast I have for this week is called AG Unit Frames. And it's AG underscore unit frames. I found this... By looking through some of the UIs that people had, the reason why I did this is because, which I didn't mention before, is I set up um, a group of bars uh, from Bongos that correspond to my 18 keys in my G15 keyboard. And things started getting a little unruly on my screen. So I started uh -huh. looking into different people's UIs, specifically Warlocks and people with G15s to see what they did. And this wasn't directly related to either Warlocks or G15s, but I found this one screenshot of an amazing screen. It was 1920 by 1200 like I have. And he had these bars for the, the players in his, um, in his party and for the mob that he was hitting. And if you see the ones that are that are standard where you have like the, the big, you know, circle with the frame of, uh, and a picture of the mob and you have health and uh, have health and mana and then some, uh, some buffs and debuffs underneath. Well, that's all great and all, but I started thinking, you know, that circle is a little too big and uh, you can't, mm -hmm. it does tell you, I think it believes it does. Does it tell you? No, it doesn't tell you in your party what level everybody is. You have to roll your mouse over the person, and then a little box right. comes up, and it says Bob is level five. Mm -hmm. So I I saw that this uniframe actually shows the level of the people in your party directly, which is good because I was uh, I was doing an Ultimate run yesterday, and somebody showed up. I don't know why, but they were like level 33. I'm like, uh, dude, you're not going to make it. 
So <laughs> because I mean, how many times do you do you do a group and you have absolutely unless you check, you have no idea what level everybody is unless you're all seventies. So the the footprint of the bar mod itself is very. I don't mean a memory. I'm just saying that the the size on the screen is very small. The cool thing that I found this thing does is in WoW. By default, you have the big circle with the the static picture of the mob in there, or the NPC. With this one, it actually allows it gives you a little square, but the it animates the uh, it animates the the character that you've selected. So if you selected an NPC, it moves. It does some like sort of standard standing and still animation of their face, and it's actually kind of neat. Of course, when they're dead, it still animates, which is kind of funny. <laughs> the The problem that I found with it is that by default, some of the buffs are really small. You could probably change them, and I haven't gotten around to doing it. I'm still fiddling with it. And um, I set a focus target, and after the focus target dies, my focus target bar is still there. Mm-hmm. Which I'm, there might be a reason for that, and I, I don't know. Maybe in case like you, you kill a shaman and they resurrect. Mm-hmm. But I'm still trying to figure out how to get rid of that. But other than that, I'll probably figure out by the time I uh, release this show. But I really like AG unit frames. I'm still trying to get a little used to some of the things that are different. And you can move. There's another thing. You can move the bars around, which is nice. And you can set different co- – this, this is another nice thing. You can set the health bar color to correspond to the class of the person. So not everybody oh. has a, a green health bar. If it's purple, it's a warlock. If it's white, it's a priest. If it's brown, it's a warrior. Oh, that's nice. So you instantly see what classes are in your party, too. And I have oh, not tried cool. it in a raid. So I don't know how it works in a raid yet. <laughs> well, I do actually, I kind of the last thing, I, I do have one update that was a, a letter that was sent in by a listener um, named Nibuka or N-I-B-U-C-A. Um, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing Nibusa. it right. Nibuka. I, I don't know. But he sent in um, a, a clarification update to the Hunter Roundtable where we had noted that the, the problem with the boar mm-hmm. uh, charging and breaking traps and he posted on our forums a fix for it, including a macro. But I'll read to you a little bit of his letter, which kind of explains what the macro does. Uh, he says, I ran into this problem a while ago. And the fix is to take charge off autocast. If you manually cast it, he won't go nuts and break traps. I actually updated my attack macro. And he puts the whole macro, which I'm not going to read here because... Uh, you know, most people are in their car or something are not going to whip out a little notebook and write it down. But if you go to our forums at www.worldofwarcast.com slash forums, um, you will find where he has posted this. And the, the practical upshot of the macro is when you hit it, it sets the hunter's mark. It, it says puts a hunter mark on the target and if you have a boar pet, it will charge. But if you don't have a boar pet, it won't. And so instead of auto-casting the charge, which is the problem with with that, it will um, it, it it will it will know whether, what kind of pet you have and whether to charge or not, and then calls back the pet and t- oh, cool. puts it on follow. Hmm. So if you want to get the macro for that uh, Nibuka wrote for 
dealing with piggy charge problems, <laughs> go to our forums and get that. And thank you very much, Nibuka, for that contribution. Yeah. So that's it for this week. If you want to contact us, my email is starman at worldofwarcast.com and Renata's is renata at worldofwarcast.com. We have forums at worldofwarcast.com. If you want to leave us a review on iTunes, please do. We're somewhere over 400. I haven't been paying 418 attention. 418 <laughs> as of yesterday. 418. That's cool. Yes. So we broke the 400. No, we didn't yes. do that ourselves. <laughs> I have not posted a review on our own No, our own we show. don't do that. I, Actually, I don't even have a review ID, so I haven't even done any reviews on iTunes yet. I'm so lame. If you <laughs> want to leave us a voicemail, you can leave it on Skype. It's World of Warcast, one word. So thank you very much for listening to the show, and we will talk to you next time. Bye. Podcasting to all of Azeroth. This is World of Helium Craft. No, we're not advocating using helium. It was just there. Just a helium balloon. I had a little fun with it. <laughs> <laughs>